Hello pod, I'm Chris Hewitt and welcome to an Empire Podcast interview special. This one was scheduled to be in last week's regular podcast, but I held it back for a couple of reasons. One, it was too long and too good to squeeze in there and I didn't want to cut too much. Two, I wanted to hold it back for today, Friday, February the 4th, as part of makeup for episode 500 not being here because we haven't recorded episode 500 because episode 500 is a live show that's been recorded tomorrow at King's Place London. And you can also see a live stream of that if you haven't already got tickets at kingsplace.co.uk. All right, plug in over. Anyway, what this is, is an incredible interview with the legendary Donnie Yen, and it deserves to be heard, Dagnamit. Donnie Yen, of course, has been one of the greatest action stars on the planet for decades in classic Chinese movies like Hero and Ip Man, and Hollywood flicks like Blade 2 and Rogue One, a Star Wars story. He is now almost 60, but he isn't slowing down any, and this week sees release on home entertainment of his latest movie, Raging Fire, which is, no surprises, filled with cracking action scenes. Amon Warman had the pleasure of sitting down with Donnie Yen on Zoom late last year for an in-depth chat about his career, his philosophy, working with Raging Fire director Benny Chan, who passed away soon after completing the movie, and Yen's upcoming role in John Wick Chapter 4. Got a feeling things might be about to get sticky for Mr. Wick. Here we go. Amon Warman talking to Donnie Yen. Do please enjoy. We are delighted to be joined on the Empire podcast by the star and producer of Raging Fire, Mr. Donnie Yen. How are you, sir? I'm very good. And yourself? I'm very good. I'm very good. Uh, I really, really uh, enjoyed watching this film. Uh, it's amazing that you're still kicking all the ass you're kicking. <laughs> I, I, I mean, yeah. You, you, you are, you are... tougher and tougher, I tell you. That's, that's it's getting tougher. You I are... mean, if, you know, if... Daniel Cray is still kicking it. <laughs> yeah, why not me, right? You are in better shape than I am, and you're almost 60 and I'm 32. So, you know, just <laughs> incredible. Um, you know, you've been in this business a long time now. What's your criteria for deciding what films you do, and how did that lead you to Raging Fire? Well, you, you're absolutely right. I've been in the business for a long time, and I made many, many films, right? primarily action films. And I'm okay with that. Uh, because in the very beginning, it was never my intention to, to become an actor. Uh, I, I came to the industry in a very, just by chance, by, by, by fate. And I was discovered when I was 19. Uh, I don't know if some, some, if you read some of my previous, uh, information, I was discovered by Yu Mo Ping, who who discovered Jackie Chan. <laughs> you know? Right, and, you know the early when they when they departed with each other, Yu Mo Ping wanted to find a new kind of a replacement, a new Jackie Chan, sort of speak. And he was looking around for a few years, and and he found me, and I had no idea what I was getting into, and I started making films and. Not until many, many years later, I discovered the love of filmmaking. So in the beginning, I had uh, no intention to, to really dig into, you know, the artistry of, of movie making. You know, I just wanted to, I wanted to be the next Bruce Lee, you know, mm-hmm. uh, just because I just felt that uh, uh, I have certain... Very early on, I have always felt, I always uh, feel very uh, confident of my ability as far as 
by physical prowess, mm. uh, especially cinema, so cinematic uh, physical uh, performance. I was always felt I was very in tune, and I, I knew exactly what I needed to do to to be the best, right? And and I always stayed on top of the game in every one of my film. Uh, I was always uh, the hardest on myself, you know. I always wanted to innovate, and always want to break grounds in every one of my film. And not only break grounds in the film industry, like in the action film industry around the world, but uh, I wanted to challenge myself and to elevate myself each time in in s- different creativities, right? Not only as the physical elevation, but also in terms of choreography and the styling, and because I've done different type of genre action films, right, from mm. the period. Films, uh, you know, with the sword, you know, so-called to the West, some wire works, right? To, you know, stand the, tip, uh, the uh, very uh, influential Kung Fu movies, you know, where a lot of these forms, uh, martial arts, Kung Fu forms has been displayed uh, through cinematic uh, technologies, right? And then, mm. of course, uh, like Rage Fire, a modern type of films, as you can see, none of, all of these genre uh, have a different type of artistry in there, right? It's different type of of storytelling background, and you know, uh, and as as uh, as well as how do you deliver the physical art, you know, the martial arts, the action, right? That for a long time, I spent decades crafting that and trying to be the top and top everybody else, and then I realized. Mm-hmm. To a point where I I lost challenge, I lost stimulation, you know. I and I said to myself, you know, what can I do to stimulate myself and and to just continue to break through? And then back to the you know, it was the stupidest questions to ask myself because the answer has always been in front of me was to to be a better actor, be to be a better 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 filmmaker overall. And I realized, mm-hmm. oh. In order for me to be further influence what I needed to do, which was, was to influence more audience, I need to be a prominent actor. Then I started to dig into studying drama and, and finding techniques of trying to connect with audience. Because I feel as a filmmaker, ultimately, you need that connection from the audience. The audience have to embrace you. Now, I'm not talking about necessarily be a better actor because that's perspective. That's just, that's very objective, right? Mm-hmm. You know, one person's apple is the other person's orange, right? You can't really say, oh, this actor, th- the way he acts is better than other. Yes, we have a generalization of who's really a great actor. For example, like De Niro, you know, those kind of, those kind of uh, name actor, mm-hmm. those are generalizing as great actors. But in terms of, uh, the appreciation for a good acting is, is quite objective, in my opinion, right? So, but anyway, so I, I, have to, I've, I kind of discovered, like, what I needed to do to, in order to continue to grow as an artist. So, uh, back to your to question, how do, how, do I, how do I keep on, keep kicking and, you know, it's different from, uh, a lot of people doesn't understand, just because you're a great martial artist doesn't mean you're a great cinematic action kind of hero. Because it's two industry, it's two artistry there, right? It, we're not a we're not a cage fighter, right? We're not a 
uh, Olympic uh, professional athletes, an NBA player, where uh, uh, youth and uh, burst of that youth of physicality is the criteria of being being on top. Uh, as a cinematic action, uh, I guess the performer, it needs all of that above. You need the physical as well as you need the dramatic. You need to understand mm-hmm. film. You understand. You got to know how to act. You got to. You got to know your camera. You got to. You got to communicate with the uh, uh, constantly. Uh, like like, let me just give you an example. Like music, mm-hmm. like a very successful musician or singer. Singer is a good good uh, analysis because singers everybody's, you know, because they're so they're easier to be recognized as the celebrities, right? Are these top celebrities, as singers, necessarily the best singer in the world? Maybe, maybe they are great singer, but not necessarily the best singer in the world. But why are they so on top of the game? Why are they so best? Because they are is in an overall artistic uh, achievements. They're better than just a singer because they are performer. They are, you know, all of all of what I'm, tr- I'm trying to describe. You know, so this is what how I craft my my art all these years, and I never stop. Like. Yes, I might not be able to kick five times in the air like compared to 20 years ago, right? But I'm also a much better actor. I also understand about how to make a movie. I started early on as an editor and a, as an action choreographer, and, and then I edit my own films. So I, I guess that also helps, helps me to, to dissect what does it take to to benefits as an actor, as an action actor, that mm-hmm. knowing all fields in the c- cinema thus comes down to overall improvement, overall uh, uh, progressions. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I've been editing, I've been f- directing, and you know that all that combines create uh, knowledge and create wisdom. So, I, I you know, Raging Fire is a prime example, right? You look at the Raging Fire. I don't see there's much difference. In terms of having that kind of explosiveness, having that kind of uh, intensity, uh, they're not much different from in, uh, what I did uh, uh, films like SPO or Flashpoint uh, mm. some 15 years ago or, or 20 years ago, right? Uh, mm. In fact, in, in a lot of way, overall way, yeah, it, I look at it as it's even an enhancement. It's even better than the before because my overall as a cinematic performer has gotten better over the years. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. And just, you know, you can see it in Raging Fire in a big way because one of the things that I love about the film is that it blurs the line between hero and villain. And the acting that you do with Nicholas, with Nicholas Say in particular, it reminded me of Heat in a couple of ways. And the, the interrogation, uh, the, the, the scene yeah. in the interrogation room, for instance. Um, how was it to just, you know, have all those edges to act and to act well, out. It was intentional. It was intentional from day one, right? See, a lot of people in the West, they look at, uh, they see my films. They, you know, when they when they think of Donnie Yen, they think of oh, Ape Man. He's the Ape Man guy, mm-hmm. or maybe a, a couple of my contemporary movies like Flashpoints or you know, uh, 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 SPL. You know, I mean, they they probably seen Star Wars or Triple X with Vin Diesel. You know, those mm-hmm. couple of films, right? They only seen these kind of body of works. But I've done a lot of different kind of work from TV series to uh, I did a, a couple, I did a, a, several comedies, you know. I mean, I've done all sorts of 
different type of performance, mm. performance uh, 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 style. So for me, it, it wasn't a, it was just, it wasn't new for me to, uh, to play these roles or to have these kind of opportunities, but it was very challenging. Uh, like every, every actor, you know, every film that you do, every new projects that you do, you wanted to, to keep crafting your, your, your stuff, right? So mm-hmm. I, I guess you, what you saw and what you like, and I, I assume that you saw the maturity of my, of my years of, of, of experience performing in front of the camera, you know, whether, whether I'm fighting or I'm just, you know, in the room uh, doing scenes, you, you see that maturity and that confidence in it. And I think that transcended into just an overall better performance. Yeah. Now you definitely see that coming through on screen. Uh, I did, I did want to ask about the, the fighting and the stunt work, which is just yeah. incredible. Like I, I know that uh, you, I've been working with your stunt co- coordinator, Kenji Tanagaki, yeah. since like the 90s. Um, how, how much time do you guys spend, you know, learning all the fights and mapping it all out before you start shooting? And how challenging is it to keep, you know, one-upping yourself and figuring out fresh stuff to do? Uh, seeing hey, as you've been doing it for so long? Uh, I, I'd like to share one more time with, uh, well, not one more time. I, I have to, I guess I have to continue to share this kind of philosophy with, with, with the fans and with the uh, general public. Because... Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, I have a different approach, I have different theories of making action movies, right? Of course, in the beginning, one, uh, if you're an actor, of course, you're, you are, uh, the criteria, you need to be semi-capable physically, right? Mm-hmm. But I think there's a lot of different, like I was uh, trying to describe to, to everybody, that it takes a lot of different kind of skill to to be to to come across not just physicals right uh you from so from the early on when i was an action director you're talking about 30 years ago i started becoming an action director 30 Mm -hmm. years ago i discover the magic of how to make films how to make physical uh uh abilities on film Different different techniques. It could be a camera techniques. It could be editing techniques. It's the. It could be purely by how you move in front of the camera, mm. right? Uh, that is, that is another masterclass, right? I'm, and I'm trying to summarize it into a very short sentence. So basically, uh, I don't really. A lot of people ask me if I prepare for a film. Do I go in and 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 pre- how you know how much time do I prepare for a fight scene? Number one, I don't really prepare for a fight scenes at all. Mm. Not at all. People doesn't believe me because you're supposed to prepare all your life. You know what I'm saying? It's like a musicians. You're good musicians. Why do you need to prepare? Like you, I consider myself as in this field. I'm a like a jazz player, right? I go in mm. on a jam and I expect to work with good people. If they can't keep up with me, then I, you know, then 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 that's a wrong combination, right? Mm. So what I do when I get get into before I get into a a specific um, uh, projects or a specific scene uh, that requires a lot of action choreography. I always analyze it by back to the dramatic approach, like every other actors. There's no difference, even if you're making action movies. Well, what is this story about? What is this scene about? What is this character is about? You know, you, if I'm it man, the grandmaster, I go in with different type of attitude. If I'm a raging fire cop, if I walk into the situations, I have different approach. 
you know, I might, I might take the situation aggressively. I might take the, I might try to calm the situation down psychologically, right? So all that, I have to kind of create that element first, right? Mm-hmm. Then the choreography for me is just, it's just moving your body and arms. It's just moving body and arms is, is the, that is just plain note as far as music. Okay. You know, uh, my, I, I would have my stunt teams or if I'm working with other film with other people's stunt team, they would probably give me a, a, some sort of a, a direction. Uh, okay, Mr. Yen, I, this is the scene about, you know, you come into the scene A, you do this, do this, do this, right? And these are the suggestions. And my practice is that I would feedback and say, well, maybe I sh- he shouldn't do this, he should be doing it. Instead of, you know, maybe he should just throw the table and do this and do this, right? Mm. That is the general, general direction that I always plan beforehand. So, for example, I work with my guys, in this case, working with Kenji. He probably presented me like option one and two and three. Here's Mr. Dan. Donnie, uh, you know, would you like to do this and this? And I look at it and say, oh, I don't like this. I don't like that. I don't like that. Right. And I come, we, and we come, we come to an agreement of, okay, approximately that's what this character is going to do. But then yeah. when I get to the set, I might change everything completely. It's depending on how I feel with the flow, like a musician. You know, I yeah. might not feel it. I might not feel it. And it's like, you know what? This, this doesn't look cool. This doesn't look good. But with all that said and done, obviously, you, you got to have a lot of experience as far as you got to know your film, you got to know your camera angles, you got to know your editing points, you got to know all that given to you in order for you to be free flow like that, just like a good jazz musician. If you don't know your bars, if you don't know your nose, if you don't know your tempo, if you don't know, you can't play the riff, you can't go in and start jamming, right? So that's my philosophy. But that philosophy only applies to perhaps only apply to me and a very few, few other uh, action filmmakers uh, uh, that exist. Most people, they look at this as, as a complete different type of art, you know? So for them, like, for example, you read about a lot of actors in, uh, in Hollywood, they will, they will spend months of months in training and training and training, which is great because they do need the training. But realistically, how are you going to, you know, even if I put an actor to train one year, he will never be that masterful of the stuff that they present on film, right? Mm. So it, it's going to be, it's, it's very difficult with a different type of uh, uh, actor, you know. Uh, martial art actors always have the advantage because they spend all their life, all their life uh, uh, practicing their arts, right? I'm talking about as far as the physical aspects of it. Of course, the acting part of it plays, if not more important, equally important, you know, in order mm-hmm. for you to have a package, the whole package uh, as, as a, as a inf- influential action, action actor, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, w- one thing you mentioned there was character through action. And I think that's something that Raging Fire does really, really well. There's a scene where your character is fighting someone and it's a bit, goes all the way down to the sewers. And in that yeah, moment, it's sort of like a fall from grace yeah. thing. I mean, that's something you're always sort of conscious about. How, how is this woman the character? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So I, I was, let me try to break it down, uh, make a long story short and how that creation came about, right? Yeah. Uh, it started off with me and Benny Chan, the director, we would talk through scenes like, okay, uh, this, this is the story. And, you know, uh, honestly speaking, uh, The Raging Fire, fire is, not, is not the most, uh, it's, it's not a story that you've never seen before. It's, it's quite standardized, right? Gener- generic kind of cop, cop, good cop versus bad cop, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Benny Chen wanted to to pay tribute to like absolutely right. You're right. The heat. That's why we made that specifically made those two scenes. One is in that uh, interrogation room, and the other one is you know shoot uh, shootout in the middle of the street because he loved heat and he always wanted to do something like that. So it was during our very uh, when we were crafting the story, we come up with a story. We, we would have all these creative discussion that something that he wanted to do and wanted to inject it into the story. And for me, throughout the process of developing the story, images. Images would started to create on my head. Oh, okay. If this character, you know, what would he do if he, if he would? Uh, because at the end of the day, when you watch movies, right? What is what is about making move uh, uh, the magic of movies, right? You have a story. A story is about you have and the main characters. How uh, he would run into problems, right? And he would resolve these problems. And throughout resolving the problems. He uh, is whether a revengeful uh, experience or redemption experience of a successful film or successful character get you invested with your own emotion. You, fo- you started mm-hmm. to like this guy and you start mm-hmm. following his path. You start getting, you start cheering for him. That's the ultimate goal every time I make my action is that if I can get you to cheer for me, what doesn't matter what I do, you're going to cheer for me. It could be mm-hmm. I could take it on 10 people. Or, or just have thrown a, a punch. Or even if I get punched, you're going to feel bad for me. So I'll give you another sample. When I did It Man, you know, I don't know if you recall It Man 1, when I took on the 10 karate guys, mm. people were cheering in the theaters in Asia. I, th- mm. I think in the rest of the world, too. When they saw that scene, people were standing up, applauding and clapping their hands because we were very, we were very successfully got the audience to emotionally connected and attached to me. So therefore, it's like when you recall, when you watch Bruce Lee's uh, movies in the, in the old days, right? when Bruce Lee started throwing his kick and throwing that nunchuck out, you start cheering for him. You say, yeah, go for it. Kind of like what you watch in the modern, uh, our current uh, you know, uh, decades of, of uh, classic movies from the Hollywood, like Rocky. When you watch Rocky, you cheer. You know, it's like, oh, wow. This, this, you know, that is a successful example. So what I do is I go through this kind of process as we creating the story, and these imageries will, through experience and of course and through discussion with my director and you know back and forth, I might change my mind and back and forth. We say, oh, you know what? What if this character he goes into certain situations, and in our case, he he went into this, you know, the sewage and that. Oh, you give him all these problems. You know, wouldn't that be, wouldn't that create some sort of uh, 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 I guess you, you, you take the audience into it and, it, and not, only, not only a visually, a visual uh, kind of uh, uh, experience, but also an ex- emotional experience. So to give you the answer, yes, every look, all, all of these kind of set pieces were thought out right before we got into to, uh, to creating it. Of course, then once we lock it down, then we start building those certain sets or, and then the choreography, the choreography is the last thing that I do. I normally choreograph when I'm on a set because I know it doesn't make sense to a lot of Hollywood producers and they probably don't want to hear it because they think, well, how are you going to choreograph something, right? Uh, doesn't the crew, doesn't, doesn't the crew and the cameraman, everybody else can't follow you? Yeah, you know, you might run into a problem like that, but then you know what? You want the best of that creativity, having that free 
and having that kind of instinct, uh, kind of impulsive emotion, the mm. actor, in this case, me, needs to be spontaneously engaged at the moment. It's like when you're acting, that moment, once you reach that moment, everything create, everything becomes magic. Same with the action. But uh, uh, let me finish it up with, with, the, uh, with the crew and everybody else ha- uh, being able to follow up. Then you know what? You, you, have, you have a good team. These teams ex- are experienced team who dealt with these kind of films. Who, and better yet, if, if they work with you, in my case, you know, we all work together, you know, the whole Hong Kong teams, you know, we all work with it in previous. So we know each other's language. Mm-hmm. Back to the music uh, and, uh, uh, analysis, right? If yeah. everybody is good musicians and they know each other's work, they come in and start playing the band and you create sweet music. Absolutely. Um, I wanted to ask about Benny Chan, who's sadly uh, no longer with us. The film is rightfully uh, dedicated to him. I know that you had a great working relationship with him. What will you miss most about making movies with him? He's just a beautiful man. You know, this guy's, he, I never, I worked with so many act, uh, uh, producers and directors before, but he's one of those coolest cat where he's always smiling. It doesn't matter how stressful the, the set is. I mean, shooting in, shooting in, like shooting in action films, not easy. Mm. You know, it's not, it's not you shooting a romantic, uh, you know, dinner scenes and, and sweet talk with each other between actors, you know, dress fine with your, your nice clothes, wardrobes. And I like that, you know, we, we'd be put in like, like that scene in the sewage, in the dirt, rolling around, get banged up. A lot of times you get hurt constantly under that kind of stressful uh, territory, right? Mm-hmm. Let alone action movie. Shooting action movie in Hong Kong, that's even worse because, <laughs> because we are the pinnacle of making these kind of films yeah. in many ways. So we have certain standards. And usually, usually a Hong Kong movie is, uh, the budget is lower, the tighter, with less time. Less is, you know, less time. Uh, it, the, the weather's hot. <laughs> we have a lot of people <laughs> in the city. It's just every environment is, can't give you a joyride, you know, through the experience. But any chance, he always come in with a smile. I never, never hardly see him get pissed off, you know? Doesn't matter. Even if he, he's yelling at you or yelling at the crew or whoever, the actor, he's, maybe he's not happy with something. He's always, the way he delivers his emotion is through a smile. You know, even he, he'd be criticizing you, he'd be smiling and he criticized with a smile. I mean, that's the, that's the kind of person he is, you know? So I miss, I miss that kind of positivities, you know? When I, I work with him. He's always positive. You know, he always, because I worked with him 20 something years ago. We did a TV series together, right? Mm-hmm. And I we did two TV series together. So we spent a lot of time decades ago. It was, mis- uh, it was unfortunately uh, that uh, I, I never got to work with him until 20 years later. And this is the first time we worked in a movie together. I mean, we were, uh, well, what we did before was TV series, but we, we had spent, uh, many, many months together doing those TV, TV series, right? And I recalled him all, never, never changed a bit. He was always remained that kind of uh, 
uh, happy, positive, and courageous kind of uh, filmmakers. Like he never give up his his idea. Like he and I were talking, and we 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 were thinking of a we think of a concept. Oh, you know, this is cool without any preparation. You know, we might change the whole scene. Say, you know, let's do it. We could do it. Like always having that kind of uh, optimistic uh, approach in. In uh, in whatever we we face, you know, it could be the most difficult situations. But he's always have that kind of attitude. So that's what I miss about him the most. Yeah, I love that. Like the the final sort of behind the scenes footage at the start of the credits is really lovely too. I love I love seeing that. I wanted to quickly ask you about a couple of your Western films because I loved your performance in Rogue One. Do you get many people coming up to you and saying I am one with the Force still? Because that's a very <laughs> yeah, popular line so, with fans. I, I guess so. I, I guess so. You know, I, I guess so. I guess it's it's such a iconic uh, movie, right? Star Wars, the whole franchise is so iconic, and and I was very lucky. Uh, was given that that role, and that role was given that line, <laughs> so <laughs> everything kind of worked out. So yeah, I mean, from the beginning, I wasn't sure. I mean, honestly, I mean, I I like I like Star Wars, but I you know I'm not a crazy fan of of this whole. Uh, I never follow up in my last few decades, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm glad I did. You know, I did the film because it was is so many. Un- everybody's just still coming up to me and and uh, and just so excited about the film and and my role in in the lines and they repeat my lines and <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Sometimes that's very rewarding. You know, sometimes you get into a film where you, yeah, you, you don't know what to expect. I didn't know what to expect, right? So, mm. and it turned out to be uh, so overwhelmingly uh, successful. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also very excited that you're going to be in John Wick 4 because I absolutely love that franchise. And you recently described it as the best experience of any American movie you've been in. Yeah. Why is that? Yeah. Well, number one, uh, it's not like I, well, number one, I, I, even though I only made very few American movies, and there's and there's a reason why I only made a few, because <laughs> I mean honestly speaking, most of the past experience wasn't the most uh, memorable experience. You know, it was different. I guess we have different culture. I'm not talking about ethnic culture. I'm talking about working culture. You know, the way we we make films. The way I make films is very, very, very. Uh, you know, people are very passionate and very, um, how would I say it? It's quite, it's real, you know, it's straight up and organic. So I'm not saying that uh, there's no different, there's, there's a different type of techniques in, in Hollywood, but maybe in that industry, the infrastructure of that industry is so much uh, more, how would I say, corporate. Everything is corporate, you know? Everything has to come is, and then sometimes, which is great. That's why the industry created the industry. However, sometimes in the course of these corporate approach, arts, the, the true art artistic creation get lost in between. You know what I'm saying? Everything becomes a bit of too calculated, you know? So throughout my experience working in Hong Kong or working in Different uh, in in my in in my industry, um, uh, 
and I just find, I just find it's different. Uh, it's it's a lot more. How would I say? There's there's no there's a lot less politics. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. And then, and I turned down a lot of roles until I, I was invited to to do John Wick, and I was a little bit um, concerned, and I raised my concern to, uh, the, the John Wick's producer as well as Chad, you know, the mm-hmm. director, and they made me very comfortable and and kind of. Uh, convinced me, so I I went and and they proved me right. Yeah, that's awesome. I I in prepping for this interview, I saw a picture of you and Keanu posing together on like a yeah. red carpet, which is very very cool. That was like years yeah. ago, and now now you're working on a film together. Have you guys kept in touch uh, over the years? And- uh, no, we we have not. We have not because last time I uh, was one of the charity. How would I call it? I was the the host, and we invited a special guest, and he was the special guest. And you know, sometimes when you when you meet each other in the event, it's really hard to get to know each other, right? Mm-hmm. You know, because there's so many people around. There's press, and it's hard to spend that kind of quality time. And this time, we really connected and. And uh, I say it again, you know, the guy's just genuinely a good dude. He's just a, a kind-hearted. It's just a, it's hard to find, you know. <laughs> it's hard to find in in any industry this type of the quality in a in a man, you know. Got a big heart, and both both uh, uh, in, in uh, a genuine, humbled, as much as his talent. He's talented as well, so. It's hard to find these kind of artists uh, these days. I agree. I agree. Can we expect the Donnie Yen versus Keanu Reeves fight at some point? Well, I'm not going to spoil the, uh, the plot. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think I've teased enough, uh, dropped some teases, you know, on my, on my social media to, to get everybody excited. And there were, I mean, there were, you know, there were a little bit of tease, but it was not my, it, tease was not my intention, you know? I just generally wanted to share my, my, joy working in that film and spending time with those dudes you know with those guys right so that's what i do my social media honestly uh, you know i don't i drop stuff in my social media media is because i'm generally i'm generally a happy and a happy person and positive person i just like to share my joy through my social media you know it could be a goofy thing or it could be an experience on a set right but you know back to to John Wick, you know, I mean, it was a great experience, you know, I mean, I, even though I spent four months away from my family, that, that was tough. That was the only toughest part, right. It's away from my family. And, uh, plus this whole quarantine. In fact, I'm still in quarantine speaking with you. Oh, I'm wow. getting out. Oh yeah. Like this is my 20th day. I'm spending, I spent 21 days in a, in a hotel. Uh, so yeah, I mean, two months in Berlin and two months in Paris, uh, I had a, had a wonderful time. Amazing. Well, I am off to go and look at your social medias to see if I can find some John Wick clues. But Donnie, this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much. Very, very much. Thank you. And that was Donnie Yen talking to Amon Warman. And don't forget that Raging Fire is out now on DVD, Blu-ray and digital. Check it out, folks. 
Uh, and that is it for this Empire Podcast interview special. As ever, except for today, the regular podcast is out every single Friday. As I say, with the exception of this weekend, as that's when we're putting on our epic live show at King's Place London to mark the 500th episode of the podcast. I know I can't believe it either. I didn't give us more than six months. Uh, you can still buy streaming passes for that. The main show is sold out. Uh, you can come along if you fancy, if you're listening to this and you fancy coming along to the Great Big Empire podcast quiz and the afternoon session, which includes a live ranking of Nicolas Cage movies and a live spoiler special dedicated to Hot Fuzz with some very special guests. You can still buy some tickets for those, I believe, at kingsplace.co.uk and you can buy a streaming pass for the evening show, the main show, episode 500 itself, with a cavalcade of guests that will knock your socks off. kingsplace.co.uk Anyway, enough of the shameless plug-in, folks. This is me trying to say goodbye, keeping peeled for more interview specials. In fact, there is one just around the corner. You'll know them when you see them. And don't forget to check out the regular podcast every Friday from next week. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye. Bye.